Welcome to Everything House Music and More, and my special guest today is the one and only Chicago legend, Leonard Remix Roy. Leonard, what's going on, brother? Oh, not much, not much. Just my T-shirt says it all. Newsflash, <laughs> I don't care, huh? <laughs> so I'm just letting you know, you know this right here is going to be one of these heated podcast interviews, because um, you know how it is, brother. Yeah, I know. It's, you know, I tell the uncomfortable truth. All right, so you ready to get into it? Let's go, let's go, as right. Farley used to say. All right, let's do it. So, Leonard, when did you get into the house culture that predates house music, and how were you introduced to it? Okay, this was at this place. It was called The First Impression. Okay. It was directly across the street from what became the playground later. Okay. Now, that's when we were doing the new wave thing, punk rock, rock lobster, everybody lay out on the floor. Massage Frequency 7 was the bomb song to have. Oh, wow. Okay. Along with a couple of other, you know, some here and there songs that were played. Yeah. I was always wondering whatever happened to this one guy, CJ the DJ. He actually had a van. Okay. He's the first person I've seen that actually had their equipment set up in an anvil flight case. With the gooseneck lighting and stuff. With, with, where you can just pack up and go? Yeah, yeah. You oh, just wow. put the cover on it. Okay. It had the gooseneck lights that shine on the turntable. It was yeah. really, really nice. Right. You know? Oh, good. Okay, so besides that record, what other records was that you remember back then that was very popular? Oh, The Waitresses. I Know What Boys Like. Okay. Uh, Martin Disco Circus came later when Herb Kent started playing... Uh, the Punk Out Hour right. on WXFM. Okay. Yeah. All right, so how did you get into DJing, and when, and who taught you? Hey, I got into DJing. I was seven. <laughs> seven years old. Yeah. I was in second grade. Okay. And I was afraid to dance with girls. <laughs> so I figured if I played the music, I could be busy playing the music, and I won't have to dance with girls. Right. That's oh. how it all started. That's always, always had something to do with women, yeah. huh? Yeah, pr pretty, pretty much. I was scared <laughs> of girls because, you know, they used to call me Lynn the Nerd. Lynn the Nerd. Yeah. That's a good, good DJ name, though. Nah, that wasn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn the Nerd. So who taught you how to DJ back then? Visual, just watching uh, different people. Starting off, like I said, he had CJ the DJ with the flight case. Okay. And they were 1200s and all that. I didn't know all of the ins and outs of it. Right. He had, uh, I think it was the, the Teledyne mixer with the flip right. buttons and this and that. Right. And all he was doing was blending, keeping the songs going, right? And I was okay. like, oh, this is. So you didn't know anything about beat matching or anything at that None time? None of that. Just trying it out, just. None of that. Just doing mm -hmm. it wild. Just, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what were some of the first records you started practicing with? Oh, first record started practicing with? Oh, Martin Disco Circus. You had, uh, what was it, Master Boogie and Sounds, When okay. the Shit Hits the Fan. Right. Was trying to get it in with that. Okay. And stuff like Dr. Love, the older music that was downstairs. Right, okay. So what was your first DJ gig, and do you remember what it felt like? 
first DJ gig as of I actually got some money for it or the yeah no okay let's do it two parts mm-hmm. first DJ gig you ever DJ gig you ever did mm-hmm. and then what was your first paid DJ gig okay uh, that would be backyard party 1975 okay it was somebody's birthday can't remember right. but um. Each one of my brothers had a sound design stereo system. Remember the all-in-ones? All-in-one, yep. So I got the both of them, and I brought them there. Put one record on. When that one was going off, I have one already ready on the other one. Okay. So it was continuous. Right. Like they do on the radio. Okay. I didn't know nothing about no mixing and all right. that stuff back then. Okay. Then my first... Uh, Paying gig that came at the bitter end. Bitter end, okay. Mm-hmm. And where was that at? That was seventy three hundred South uh, Cottage Grove. Seventy three hundred Cottage Grove. Okay, all right. You're also known for your turntablism and battle tricks. Mm-hmm. How did you get those skills, and what DJs influenced you the most? Steve Hurley influenced me the absolute most. Okay, the absolute most. I remember one night we were all at this place. It was called the Penthouse. Okay, and where and was it, that at? Uh, like Roosevelt and Halstead, right above the old Mr. Submarine that used to be there, right? Okay. I remember it like it's yesterday. Right. We were all up there, and that's when the handful of whatever DJs would be in there, you know, checking each other out. Right. Of course, you had Hans and Linnell, you know, Hans Cherry. Hans Cherry. Him yeah. and Linnell Wills. Okay. They were like the best dancers. If they wasn't, if you wasn't dancing like them, you really wasn't dancing. Okay. So they're out there dancing and everything. Okay. Steve was playing Conquest. Give it to me if you don't mind giving it up. Okay. So Farley standing there, ego is all like this here. <laughs> then Steve Hurley was, dun, 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 uh, uh, uh. It's like, how you do that? Right. I'm up at the booth looking, Farley's looking, like he just kept doing it, kept right. backing. Like, how did he? So that was it. That was right. the start of it all. Okay. All right. So the the battle trick scratching, where where did that come about? That came about, believe it or not, organically. Okay. It just it just came about, you know, from uh, messing with things, needles breaking. Uh, I didn't even have slip mats like, you know, the, uh, what, what, I forgot what they were called, but the gray hard ones. Right. The, the usually techniques had them, but, but then you would make our own cutting out cardboards or pieces of right. and stuff like that. Right. Me, I went to a radio shack on 95th near Evergreen Plaza Mall. Okay. They had these sponge... I remember those. The sponge ones, yeah. right? But they wasn't just like the, the hard felt ones. They were sponge. Right. They, was they were light, literally yeah. sponge. Yeah. I would use the ones that would fit the 45 on top. Okay. So I have time, I have room to grip the record around this way. Because a lot of people, oh. they, were, they were doing it this way. Right. With their hand on top of the record. And I did it this way and I found out. Just using my wrist, right. I get more activity on the scratching or whatnot from the wrist action, right. opposed to yeah, like scratching um, the whole vinyl. Yeah, right. So, so, so you so caught that's, it at the end, right there. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, organically, it just happened. Okay. So back in those days, Chicago was known for its DJs crews like the Chosen Few, 
Wall to Wall, and the Chicago Bad Boys. Mm-hmm. Were you part of any DJ crew back then? If anything, it would have been a group called DJR. Because my name was R, you had DJ J.R. Deontay, right. and you had Dwayne Jammin Jackson. Okay. But when they seen DJR, they thought it was Dwayne, J.R., and Remix. Ah, okay. Now, yeah. now you get it like that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, tr- I tried to develop my own thing. Right. I failed, but I tried. It was called <laughs> Omega Sound Incorporated. Okay. I had the jacket and everything. And, and, and you was raised where in Chicago, Leonard? Oh, Inglewood. Inglewood. All of the best of your best of house music come from Inglewood. Lori <laughs> Branch, Inglewood. Dajay, Inglewood. Mike Dunn, Inglewood. Right. Hugo Hot Mitch Hutchinson. Inglewood. Inglewood. Okay. Man, Brian Furious Frazier. Inglewood. The list goes on. Okay. The best of the best from Inglewood. <laughs> so how do you feel about the Hot Mix 5 that impacted Chicago? Oh, man. That was like Farley was the man. Okay. He was that dude. So when when you when people say Hot Mix Five, do you just think Farley or the rest of the guys? I think Farley for the turntablism. Okay. I think of Mickey Oliver for the edits. Okay. That's it. That's it. Okay. So that's it. I ain't dissing on Scott or Ralphie, right, or anything like that. And with Ralph, oh my goodness. We had a party at the Ring Zone. Okay. And the girls are like, oh, he's so cute. This and that. They snatched him into the girls' bathroom. Security had to go get him out of there. Get out of here. Yeah. Wow. True story. We was what like, year was this now? This was like 83. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy. It was like, they snatched him in the bathroom. And he had a friend with him. Okay. You know? Right. Yeah. So you had the legendary residency at the Ring Zone in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Tell us what was it like and how did that come about? Well, the way that came about, <laughs> and I can't cut corners on it, DJ J.R. Deontay, okay. he started giving parties down the street from this place called Fred and Jack's that was on Vincennes by right. the McDonald's. Right. That's where we initially met, and I was like, hey, man, I can DJ better than what you're doing. So back then, DJs were more than willing. Oh, here, well, show me something. Right, right. They don't do that today. Yeah. No showing nobody up. I did my thing. We exchanged phone numbers. We didn't see each other for like some years after that, right? Okay. About maybe two. Then I'm DJing at the bitter end. Right. He came to the bitter end to have... A back-to-school party. Okay. Now, this is 1981. Right. And I uh, got the flyer and everything. It's dated material. Right. And uh, he gave that party. We reconnected. After right. that, he was giving parties at the Sheba. Okay. After the Sheba, you had Miss Lewis got into that trouble with the police. They were going to shut it down. Okay. He saw a sign over the rink that said, for sale. And he went and talked to Nate Simpson. Okay. Rest of his history. Right. They split 50-50 on the door. And the money made at the ring zone completely bought the rink fitness factory on 1122 East 87th Street. Wow. Now, that was just a, a skating rink? Was it like a club, too? It was a skating rink. It, just was, just like, it was just like Markham. Okay. And they just used to parties back there. Do parties. Because yeah. he made more money off the parties than the skating. Now, who used to do the sound system for the ring zone? 
that he had his own system. He bought it, he had bought the system. Bob Simmons put the system in there. Right. And for the additional bottoms and stuff that we used, we had one of two sound men that we used. We used James Bunkley. Okay. He also worked for Fox Player Sound, Fox Player 77, or DeAndre Sanders. Okay, right. Back in the day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, those single scoops, he laid them down Absolutely. sideways. Right. And for some reason, when you lay the JBL single scoops right. down, but you had to have, what was it, the JBL, the 1701, mm-hmm. 15 that went in it. For some reason, it produced bass that was, that was crazy. Yeah. So you were part of an infamous battle, a DJ battle, around mm-hmm. the same time. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the battle and who else was in it and who won. Well, you had myself, you had Steve Hurley, Keith Fobbs. Okay. There was a fourth individual, and I still can't remember. I had to look on the doggone flyer to see who that fourth person was. That's... Was, it, was it like Julian Perez? No, it no. wasn't Julian. Okay. No, okay. Julian wasn't even. Julian used to hang out outside the DJ booth at the ring zone. Wow. Before he got with B96. But that's a whole other little. Okay. You did. Okay. But uh, it was us four. Okay. Um, and it was being judged by four DJs. Right. And the winner, if they got two or more votes, they won. Right. And I got two votes. Now, who were the judges at the time? Rob Allen was okay. one. Lori Branch was another one. Okay. The other two, I don't know who they were, but I know who voted for me. Rob Allen and Lori Branch. (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) So I remember that much. Right. So it was also an infamous battle where I think it had to involve Lil John. Were you in that battle also? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, that was at the playground? Yes. And my intent, I was using this uh, pre-mixed edit right right and uh my intent was i'm going to increase the bpm from 116 minute quick to 121 just with using this and then it they were talking about i was using a pre-mixed record right i wasn't mixing for real okay you know all on the mic and i'm like really farley <laughs> the next song i was going to play was going to be capricorn i need love okay i was like really i grabbed a record <laughs> what up <laughs> oh man i'm like yeah so, so, you, so you had to show him right there on the spot. I huh? showed. I, that's why I lost. I showed out every time I did a trick. I pointed at somebody. Right. This is for you because I know right. you can't do this. And I do my little thing. Right. Do another one. This is for you. <laughs> I'm doggone calling names and taking asses tonight because y'all think y'all on something. And well, yeah. it has to be something, right, Leonard, because everybody who's some importance will say your name and bring you up on there. Oh, yeah. So that's why I was like. I really got to get this interview with you. So Mm -hmm. in your book, you are credited with giving house music its name. Mm -hmm. And Frankie spoke spoke about it in a video. Mm -hmm. Please tell us your story about how that, how'd you name it house music? Okay. This is what happened. (laughs) My mother, when she heard me doing the different things I was doing, she was like, well, why don't you get some of this old music basement of the house, which I was living in the basement anyway. Okay. See if your young friends like that, you know, your doggone, like, okay. 
All right, let me see. So I'm messing around with the music, right? Okay. And, you know, certain parts of a song got that one part that's oh, that's good. Yeah. How can I keep it going longer? Right. But I didn't have two copies. Okay. So what I did was I had two cassette players. So I would record a little bit. I would push play on that recorder. And then put the record on with the other recorder recording. Stop that part. I just did a whole just... Over and over and over until I got like a big enough chunk of a loop. Right. Now, do you remember which record that was? Oh, Eddie Kendrick's He's a Friend. Okay. All right. I just want to <laughs> give context of what record was at that, that oh, time. Oh, yeah. That, that, man, that was a, that bass line in there. Because I'm a bass player. So right. that, that just, that did it. So okay. when I was doing that, playing the tapes and the records at the bitter end, uh, Mr. Tough, he had said, uh, what, what you, what's, Kind of DJ and assist. I was right. like, oh, oh, house music. They like it. Okay. I'm going to put a sign in the window. So he went and ripped off the cardboard sign off a box. Okay. Wrote on there, we play house music and put it right in the window. Ah. That's as far as it go with me. Okay. Then that's why I met Frankie at because they were driving past and they seen the sign. And it was like, what's that? Right. So he came in and that's when Frankie and I, when we met. Okay. And uh, so it indeed did not come from shortening warehouse to house because the music at the warehouse had its own name. Right. It was called Rice and Beans. Rice and Beans. Yeah, because Explain Frankie that. was serving. He was giving you service. That's what that term today Oh, we're going to give you service. Okay. That's an old term from the warehouse. Okay. Disco was dead. They couldn't call it R&B because okay. that was for old people. So they so, called it so, rice and beans. So let me ask you this. So if you saw some of the previous podcasts, mm -hmm. Wayne said that house music came from people playing the disco, R&B in their basements and homes. And that's where the term, oh, that's house music. Do you agree with that? I disagree completely. They were called sets. Sets, okay. See, and what would happen? I love bringing, <laughs> I love bringing the visuals, see. Just, just show it, and then I'll take a picture of it and put it on it. No, 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 no. You know what this is, right? Oh, index card. Uh-huh. What yeah. we just write on here? A dollar set. All information. Right. www. When, when what, where, 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 when. Right. One dollar Sets. Okay, so they are called index cards. That's great that you said that because I just interviewed Marshall Jefferson, and he said that's an absolutely lie. Okay, but he also said that the name came from the warehouse. So he said that people used to go there, and they would just shorten it because at first they they made house. Uh, they say it was derogatory, meaning that because it was uh, at the warehouse it was all gays predominantly. So a lot of people was, you know, trying mm -hmm. to make that name like, okay, you know, derogatory like that. So okay. that's where they was like, okay, well, that's where they play the house music at. No. Nope. You saying no. No. Okay. Why would they call it house music if it's being played at U.S. studios? Well, because the name was called Warehouse. That was the nickname, though. That was the nickname, Warehouse. I, I showed you a Music Box membership card. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it has the official name of the club on it. U.S. There. Studio. Exactly. Right. So the thing I can't appreciate is the stories that's told. House music started in the gay, black, and Latino clubs in Chicago. 
Really? Well, where's the gay Latino club or the gay Latino DJ that was a whole big intricate part of this thing, huh? Somebody let me know who that dude is. Okay. Because there's never been one. Right. So everybody ain't going to lie the same lie. Then again, they may. <laughs> you know my saying? The truth is like rain. It don't give a damn who it fall on. I'm going to get you wet. All right. <laughs> so you are very vocal about Chicago DJs, Leonard. Mm -hmm. It has been in a number of beefs. Are mm -hmm. there any conflicts you want to set the record straight on or anything you like to squash? Well, there's one. And Hugo, I cannot blame him for not speaking to me like ever again. Okay. Uh, something that happened when I was going through a divorce and okay. I was under the wrong impression. Right. And I said some things to him that should have never been said. Okay. He had no part in nothing that was going on at all. Nothing. Okay. And uh, I had did a YouTube video. I said, I can give a public apology, and I'm glad I'm here. I publicly apologize okay. to Hugo Hotmix Hutchinson and to his wife if I offended her with anything that I said that particular night. Okay. I'm sorry. I was reacting on bad information in the process of going through a divorce. Okay, that's good, brother. That's good. I shouldn't that's, have... That's, I, shouldn't have I, can, I can say that's really big of you to do something like yeah. that publicly like that, so... And he's one of the most underrated DJs, like, Absolutely. ever. Absolutely. He was know. on the show, too, so, you know... Oh, okay, yeah, because yeah. Hugo, man, he, and them edits, oh, my God. <laughs> but, they, you know, he, I guess he just don't have Eye of the Tiger or right. something about him. I don't know, because he's a real mellow, laid-back person. Right, right, right. And I should have known better, but <laughs> I was angry. Okay. So you seem to leave the music scene, the house music scene, while it was taking off. Mm -hmm. Did you ever make any tracks or have any desire to produce records before you left? Desire? Yes. Do? No. Now, one thing that occurred, and I'm going to be brief with this. When Farley had his interview and he said, you know, Leonard was never on my level. Right. People thought he was trying to diss me. And word got back to me, different things people say. And I'm like this here. Name one major radio station that I DJed on. Never. Name one track that I released. Never. Uh, well, other than the remixes in this millennial. Right. But back then... Right. None. Okay. You know what? Of course, I wasn't on his level. He was radio and all his other big time stuff. You know, it, right. I, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't big time like that. So but, I, I didn't even take it as a diss. Right. Right. It's right. true. But most people would say you had a pretty big name when you left house music, the house music scene. Mm -hmm. Just tell us why did you leave? Uh, my mother passed away. Okay. I fell into a depression. Okay. I was worthless musically because I was not a happy person at all. Wow. Okay. That was in 1985. Okay. Within two years, it's like, look, I need to leave the United States. I joined the army. Right. I left. Okay. Funny thing happened over there. I was over there about 30 days and I fell into a doggone <laughs> situation. I'm DJing at the number one club, the Peppermint Club in Bergen, Germany. Okay. And that introduced house music. To the whole Stuttgart, Frankfurt, that right. area of Europe. Because, see, Farley was over in London. Okay. Frankie was over in the UK. Right. Nobody was in Germany except myself. Right. Which was a year after they were already in, uh, you know, London and the UK. Yeah. 
So your conflicts dates back as far as the Deep House page. What do you think is most misunderstood about you, Roy? Linda Roy. I'm sorry. Let me do it again. Oh. Let's add it right here. Your conflicts date as far back as the Deep House page. Mm-hmm. What do you think is most misunderstood about you? People can't handle the truth. That's what's most misunderstood. They want to be go along, get along, and they expect me to do it too, and I'm not doing that. Right. The truth is like rain. It don't give a damn who it fall on. <laughs> but, but you can go back and say like, okay, it can be some truthful misunderstanding, but you took your career path as, as going into the service. Mm-hmm. Other people wanted to do this DJ thing. Mm-hmm. You sort of always have conflicts with them saying that, or oh, they choose the, the wrong path. They don't have benefits. Uh, they did this, they did that. Mm-hmm. They should have did something like I did. If this is what they choose to do, why mm-hmm. always go back and forth with that? The thing with me is this, okay? The DJing thing is cool. All that, all the stuff combined into it. Right. Everybody can't be a Maurice Joshua and hold up a Grammy. Everybody can't be a Steve Hurley and have a plethora list of people they've done remixes for. Right. Everybody can't be bug flying. Everybody can't be a Frankie Knuckles. Okay. Okay. That's not for everybody. So if you don't have it like that, it's in your best interest to have a day job. So when I was talking about this 20 years ago, right. now we're going into 2024. Right. People are turning 62. Okay. Social Security, you don't have any coming because you didn't work a day job. You right. followed a dream. Right, right. It's not a diss on them. I'm like. No, it's hard facts. It's like, hard facts. Just be an adult with it. Right. You know? It's hard, but they, they made that choice, Linda, so they mm-hmm. have to live with it. So, exactly. So no matter what you say, it's, it's kind of hard that you, sometimes they say they, you beat up on them all the time if, if right. it's like that. Well, I, I, I think. I, I, 20 years ago, 20 <laughs> years ago, I started telling people, look, first thing you're going to see all these DJs that were out of the country coming back to Chicago. Right. You're going to be seeing all these DJs anywhere you want to see them DJing for free. Right. And the money is drying up. Yeah. If you are not top tier you need to be working a day job so that you got a doggone nest egg to take you through your golden years. Right. So y- y'all listen to Leonard. He's and been I mean, doing and that's, that's all it was then. Right. You know, right. Everything else went. I dropped that book and that was. Right. I dropped that book. Oh, man, it became World War in- Infinity Wars. Well, I think because I think you was the first one to do it. So I, I think, no 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 I wasn't the first well not the first but the one that did it to the point where you talked about it the most and and talked about a lot of people and you had some facts to behind you know to, to back mm-hmm. it up so I think people was kind of like okay well I don't think this is true you know so I yeah. think it goes hand in hand to say that I think a lot of people was hating on you because you did it yeah because I then, was I was giving credit to other people I mean if you open it up to page one seventeen who picture do you see DJ Emanuel right. So I was, I, it wasn't a, this is the uh, autobiography of DJ Leonard Roy and how I conquered and seen and did. No, I showed everybody love. Okay, okay. You know, I didn't. Right. You know, 
Right. I, and I told the truth. Some people just can't handle it. Okay. Like, you know, hell, Wayne Williams, he can't mix doggone dirt with mud. <laughs> All right, so, so okay. On so, vinyl. Since, since you said that, let's, let's bring this up because mm -hmm. there's a lot of controversy going back and forth for the things that you say right. on, on your YouTube video about the chosen few. Mm -hmm. um, especially uh, recently, not too long ago, about Alan King and his, and his daughters. Do you? I didn't say anything about his daughters. He said something that you, your son, should be smashing his daughters. No, no. And I know who that came from, and I'm not going to bring their name up because okay. I don't even talk to that person anymore. Okay. Now, what I said was this you let me know if this is offensive. Like, well, you know, our kids knew each other since they were. Now they're all grown up. They're doing adult things. My son is hoping career doing the military thing. Your daughter's doing whatever. Boy, I'm glad we didn't have to have, to have that discussion. You right. came home and my son is in your daughter's room. Uh, I'm glad we didn't have to have that discussion. Well, I mean, That is what I said. It wasn't no... Uh, Man, you know, my son, he macking and stacking. Like, I'm, I'm trying to put something into play. It's like, no. Okay. So my words were totally twisted. So it's totally twisted. Totally twisted. Okay. And, I'm, I, know, I'm, and I know who twisted them. Okay. But that's all right, because I don't even talk to them anymore. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, that, that's, what is, that's what I'm saying, the, the controversy, Leonard, mm -hmm. of, of everything that you say a lot of times. Uh, it, there's also, like, you saying, you're always putting down black women. I mean, it's like... Okay. Why? I'm not putting down black women. Okay. I'm putting down ghetto hellions. Ghetto hellions. That's You're weave wearing, sandaled up, catfish eye tail eyelash. <laughs> okay. Poor addiction. You know. Bye, Felicia. Okay. So, so that's that's an interest. That's you just don't yeah, like that. Um, that's that's those those ghetto those ghetto girls. See, I think I'm you, like this. You have real black women that are more than deserving of respect. Then you got. But uh, I think that that goes that, that goes rat. both ways though too. I mean, you got guys like that as well. I know you. I call but them, you, I call those guys Wakandans and Blackistan. <laughs> the he cute those. <laughs> Them he cute though. Be like, okay. do we got a job? Nah, he cute though. <laughs> okay. You know you'll get a lot of slack from this too. Man, you know that, right? Man, look. There, there's none of them people that are out there in internet land. You know what they don't pay? They don't pay them a mortgage or anything else. So right. okay. opinions, opinions are like assholes. Everybody got one. Okay. So we're going to go here. I'm going to say a few names from your era in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Tell me your first thought and how they impacted you. Farley Keith. Oh, man. That dude, man. The energy he came with, that Teledyne mixer right. that I could never find. Okay. He had the biggest J, JVC radio. <laughs> you know? Right. He, he, was, he was that dude. He, you know, he was the person, he was the person to beat after everything really got to cranking. Right. Farley was that guy. If you could not stand in the booth with him and hold yeah. your own, yeah. you were not worthy of any respect as a DJ. Okay. Frankie Knuckles. Oh, man. Frankie. Pfft. Frankie and I, we never talked music. Okay. 
never talk music. I still got messages in my phone. Um, my last combat deployment. Okay. A best friend of mine, he didn't make it back. And it was one of the darkest moments while I was in Afghanistan. Okay. Frankie was hitting me up on Facebook every day checking on me. Yeah. See, we didn't talk about music. We talked about life. And he's the one that was telling me what I said. Everybody can't be you, Steve, right. him, Grammys, this and that. Right. He's the one that told me, don't waste your life, okay? Make sure you got something to fall back on. Okay. See, Frankie and I talked about life. It wasn't the music thing. Didn't okay. Yeah. J.R. Deontay. Oh, man, that's, that's my dude, man. J.R., that guy. He would, J.R. would give a doggone party in a vacant lot with duct tape cardboard to cut it off to make it look like you got to pay to get in. Right. J.R. <laughs> just, he did, man. Back, Okay. Or JR's, you know, all and right. we and we go back all the way to what he was, what fifteen back okay. then. So okay. yeah, but if it wasn't for him, right. you know, I would have never gotten my big break. Dwayne probably wouldn't be known as a DJ. Okay, uh, Lil John DJ with us too, but he got in because of the reputation of Wall of Wall sounds. Gotcha. You know that was him, James Derrick. John Hunt, some other little fella. Right. But I don't remember the okay. little fella. All right, Marvin Terry. Oh, man, Marvin, man, that was a, Marvin was a super promoter. Okay. If you wanted to be a promoter. Right. That, that's, that's the, uh, the blueprint. Okay. All right. Chip Beasley. I wouldn't know if I tripped over him really? walking out this room. Okay. Ferris Thomas. Ferris, boy, I'm glad he went to hip hop because, uh, <laughs> you know, he was doing his thing on the house music tip. Right. But when the money went, okay. he went hip hop. And I was like, my man, a lot of people were hating on Ferris saying, oh, he turned, he left house for hip hop. And this. I'm like, Ferris left and got paid. Right. You know, he went and got paid, did his thing. Actually got him some turntable skills. Right. Because okay. him, him and Jesse was about the same level DJs right. back in the day. That's nice that you said that. So, Jesse Saunders. He was cute. <laughs> That's how he got booked for gigs. He was cute. How was he as a DJ? The expression on my face should have said it all, but he, he, was, he was a doggone... He, he wasn't even average at best okay. as a DJ, okay. you know, but he was cute. Okay. And the girls, they liked the guys with the good hair, you know, like when Wayne had hair, it was all <laughs> curly, right? Then Alan King, he's a light-skinned brother with right. the good hair. Right, right. And then Jesse had the curly hair. Okay. And he's so cute. So when you book Jesse, you know the girl's going to show up. And if the right. girls show up, the guys are going to show up. Right. And, yeah, that's what Okay. So, Leonard, I, I need to ask you this because you was there at the beginning. Mm -hmm. what, who do you think had the first house record that we put out? Official or unofficial? 
Can we let's, break it down? Let's go with the official record. The official record, Chip E. Why would you say that instead of Jesse Saunders? Because Chip released the first song that actually said it's house. Jesse's On and On was a duplication of an existing bootleg. What was that? Video arcade, video space, video something. It was a bootleg. It consisted of um, Funky Town, right. Donna Summer, Toot Toot, Beat Beat, and something else. Okay, so let, let's say this. Can we say It's House was the first record that said house? And then Jesse's was the first one because he did a disco loop, put other things underneath it. And then mm -hmm. on the reverse side, he did a whole bunch of tracks and everything on the other side. Because I give credit to, I mean, the numbers don't lie because right. the record says came out in 1984. Mm -hmm. And it, it was, it's, it's slew of records that came out. Right. Jack tracks came out after that. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Can we say to this day that Jesse had the first house release? And Chip had the first record that said house in it. We could say that, but if we're talking about releases, uh, Vince Lawrence had the first release. And what record was that? Fantasy. <laughs> you have Fantasy, you have Fast Cars, but a lot of people say Fantasy that is on and on. Jesse's records came out after the release of Mitch Ball. Absolutely. I mean, they was part you see of Vince and Jesse. They was all he together using the same of, Right. Right. So I was, because I was DJing at the Ring Zone. Right. When Vince had the album and he brought me a, you know, a promo copy of right. it. After that is when On and On came out. Well, I believe uh, Fantasy was 84 too. It was first. So you saying, you say, so you saying right now, Fantasy is the first house record. No, I'm saying Fantasy was the first release that was being played at the house music clubs. Jesse's was not. And this is nothing against Jesse. Okay. I'm just keeping it factual. Right. Because I still have the original one that Vince gave me. Okay. All right. Yeah. So also, let's go unofficial. Mm -hmm. What's the first un un unofficial release? House record. Out of my hands, Omni. You say that before Jamie Principal, your love? Jamie Principal, what you mean? Feels good by Electra? <laughs> well, everything is something is something, Leonard. You know that. So Yeah, I know. But it's a funny thing with that. They have a history behind that said that Jamie and Frankie made that song in the DJ booth at the power plant. Did you hear that? Well, Craig Loftus said that in his podcast, but I, I think he helped Jamie produce that record by being the engineer on there. And they did some of the stuff that was in the booth there. But I don't believe it was your love. It was another track that he was doing. Well, they but, can, they've been saying your love. Because I'm like, well, if that's true, seeing as the music box was open in 1983 and the power plant was not open yet, and there was a DJ battle and Steve Silk Hurley and myself were in it, and Steve played it on acetate right. before 1984. No, 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 no. He just he figured that was the big joker. Oh, okay. In the spades game, I got your love on acetate. Right. It didn't work. Right. But I thought it would. I'm sitting there like, oh, right. I can't do nothing behind that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so now maybe it was Baby Wants to Ride. Okay. Maybe it was that one. Okay. 
it definitely was not your love. And your love was feels good by Electra was the breakdown with a keyboard arpeggio on top of it that right. was made in Jamie Principal's basement. Okay. Got sent around on different tapes. Okay. So, in your words, mm -hmm. Fantasies was the first release mm -hmm. that was playing in the house clubs. Mm -hmm. Then comes what? Then comes on and on. Okay. Then comes Jack's tracks. Right. Then comes, uh, what was them, uh, It's Okay. Right. And Real Just, Love, right, right, Real right. Dub. Right. If you listen to Real Dub, listen to the scratch mixing on it, and that'll let you know right there. You listen to it, you'll be like, oh. That was Farley doing the scratches, correct? No, that was Jesse. That was Jesse trying to scratch? Trying. Emphasis on trying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, average at best. He should have hollered at me or Farley right. to do the scratching okay. on that track. Right. You know, I still dug it though. Right. But he's got this one track called uh it's like it's okay. Yeah. All it says is it's it's, it's it, okay. Right. It's okay. I still play that. I love that song. So let me ask you this. I, I know you had a uh, I saw one of your vi videos um about Ron Carroll. What do you have against Ron Carroll? I don't have anything against Ron Carroll. Okay. I got a tape of Ron Carroll. He gave me a cassette tape in 1995 when I was on my way to Fort Leonard Wood right. doing a second military tour. And the blend sound like gym shoes and a dryer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sound like. Now, I got I to get Now, Ron can spin, man. Oh, he now. can spin. Now, yeah. I said, yeah, he can okay. spin. Ron gets down. He's a beast. Okay. Okay. I've seen what he did um, Labor Day, not Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend at Millennial Park okay. when he had the four sound stages. Up. He was doing his thing. But okay. the thing, like me, I was like, hey, how you doing? And he looked at me like, well, that's because you be gone from me. That's because you talked about him. No, right? that's why I talked about him. Because <laughs> he looked at me with that be gone from me. So I'm me, like, bruh, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, bruh, I ain't never said nothing about you in a negative way. Now you, right. you think you arrived someplace? So do, do you think people misunderstood you and don't like you? because Not because you don't tell the truth. Mm -hmm. It's because sometimes your information is wrong. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they could think it's wrong. They'll research it. But I know why people don't like me. But The foundation okay. is my delivery. It's your delivery? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I used but, to that. But I'm just saying that some things you say, do you actually research it first? Or do you just go by and say it just to get the, you know, cheeks and Oh, I research it. That's just like uh with the last thing that I put the facts out there. I had no idea that the Casio company was established in nineteen seventy nine. Okay. I didn't know. Right. But I knew from growing up in that era that we didn't have those. So I looked it up. And everything and read up on it. it was like, ah, established in 1979. First keyboards were sold in 1980. There are the Carfax. Bam. Now argue with Google. Don't argue with me. Argue with Google. <laughs> so, all right. So you, you say you just, okay. So the reason why I say that, because we had our beefs at some time long ago. Yeah, when, yeah. When, and, you know, you said a lot of things like, oh, it was easy to get a Grammy. Nobody played the records. I mean, I got proof that people play records and win number one on charts and stuff like that. Right. So I, I'm saying this because I think you get aroused by saying, you know, making people think like. Some, okay. some people. Okay. 
Now the thing, with, you know, with you and I, ooh, ooh, stepped on my phone there. The thing with you and I, okay, it's me. I I knew you won a Grammy, right? And when I heard what it was for, I was like, oh, let me check it out. And I listened to it, and I was like, I haven't heard anybody play that. Yeah, but hell, who gets to work with Beyonce if you're nobody? Right? No, no, it's not that. But it was being played just. Where you were at, it wasn't being played. Right, so, right, right. So I'm just saying, I know you say things because you want you want to be, get people to be like, uh, uh, uh. but it, we're coming to the end. I just want you to explain to people, Leonard, or tell them why do you do that so you don't be like the most hated person out there. Okay. I do things sometimes just to get a reaction out of people. Okay. Just to see what happens. Well, there we go, y'all. Okay. All right? All right. I admit that. Okay. People that know me, they, man, Leonard, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll do things just to get a reaction. Okay. Sometimes, not all the time. All right. No, not all the time. <laughs> see? All right. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't do the, uh, right. mm, mm. I'm going to pick, pick, pick. Okay. It's like. Something calls something like every action causes an equal or opposite reaction. Correct. So, you know. Um, and you also know the term you, you get more bees by with honey than you do with vinegar. That is true. I get more yeah. views on YouTube, which right. boost up my revenue. So I check. just want people to clarify, like, you know, Leonard is a good guy. Yeah. You know, I, he just, there's nothing. Right, right, right. We wouldn't be here in the same room talking <laughs> if there was some type of insanity or whatever it's like man i am completely harmless yeah but i just but i, I do this because you have a history in this leonard yeah i know and i, I want to document it i want it coming from your mouth mm -hmm. but i want people to see the true you not the leonard that want to get the views and, and cause right. the controversy right but just show people that you're a good dude Look, i am a real individual right bottom line up front if frankie was still here frankie would tell you the same thing Everybody has feelings. It doesn't matter how popular one is. That's true. Doesn't matter. That's true. You're still a human being. Right. You still have emotions and everything else, and you are subject to error. Okay. Because okay. to be human, you are subject to error. You're not going to be right all the time. All right. With that being said, Lynn, I appreciate you doing this, man. Um, I want people to go see your, your station, your, your channel always on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to this channel and, and the same here on everything else, music more. Lynn, I love you, brother. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate this. And I wish the very well for you, man. And uh, thank you for doing this, man. Oh, man. That's, this has been a pleasure. It needs to happen more. And I can't say enough. You're doing a phenomenal job getting everybody's viewpoints from their mouth and not the twisted version, the Hollywood version of, you know, like the Alex Haley right. version of the autobiography of Malcolm X. Those aren't Malcolm's words. Right. Alex Haley did some stuff. Get it from the actual individual. Absolutely, brother. Yeah. All right, and, uh, anything else you want to say to somebody before we leave, man? Okay. Or clear up anything. Okay, clear up anything. Yeah, yeah. Got to clear this up. Okay. Hey, Glenn Underground. You sure your doggone uh, daddy or whatever had a sign in the window that said house music on a bar on State Street? Are you sure, brother? 
Because you're the only one that said that out of all the interviews that Maurice had. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah. Yeah. Stop, so you, try, so stop, you, stop trying to... So you're saying that's not true? Oh, that's not, that's not remotely true. Okay. Yeah, I can show you a picture of his uncle. His uncle and I went to ropes in high school together. We look like brothers. Mm. We look, I saw a picture of him DJing okay. on the old technique turntables. I thought it was me. Right. I'm like, look at me back in the day. That wasn't me. That was his uncle. Well, let's see if he addressed that because he did say that. He did say that. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what you feel and what you're thinking, but <laughs> bruh, I went to school with your uncle right. that's older than you, right. and you going to tell. It's all good, brother. At least, at least we got that out there. Let's clear <laughs> that up. Let's see how yeah. he respond to that, and we'll take it Yeah, because I ain't got nothing against him either. Okay. I don't have anything against Maestro. Okay. It's not whatever was going on with Steve Maestro and myself that's yes. military related. Yes. Ain't got nothing to do with anything DJing wise. That's okay. some military stuff, and I'm not even going to even speak on it and get it all right. whatever. Well, so, it's all about love, Lenny. Let's, let's yeah. create love this year, man. That's all we want. All righty. So, all right, brother. Peace out, man. All right. All right. Peace. Airborne.